Welcome to Haniel's All About Enkelweg podcast, where Scott and I explore the essence of the philosophy of Enkelweg, its positive impact on the economy of our businesses and the lives of the people working in them. In today's episode, we are talking about diversity in all its dimensions. For this topic, we invited Daniela Urman. She is the HR business partner and in charge of diversity in Haniel's How team. My name is Daniela Urman. I'm an HR business partner talent in the Haniel How team. And I'm very fortunate to be also in charge of diversity, diversity across the Haniel group. Okay. And the diversity across the Hanyo group means if someone uh, or one of the business units has a question about diversity or about how to approach diversity, that, that would you would be their contact person for that. Actually, when I started a few months ago, taking care of that topic, uh, everything was open. So we started with a governance approach. How do we want to work together? How do we want to tackle the topic of diversity across the group? Yeah. So that's how everything got started. And um, first of what I did is I asked for interested people um, who are passionate about diversity and representatives from all the portfolio companies. Mm -hmm. So in the end, we now have a group of uh, yeah representatives from all the companies. Um, and we call ourselves the best diversity um, practice group. And we decided basically it's about best practice sharing. Mm -hmm. And um, we want to leave it up to every portfolio company to... <laughs> Yeah, basically to to decide on their own what they want to do about diversity because of course there are many differences when you look at the at the culture of the companies, even the countries um, we have locations in. So it's up to them. Um, but we want to ensure that we have a best practice sharing. We want to make it a priority in all the companies. Okay. Um, yeah, that's very important because uh, this. Yeah, actually, it's part of being ankle fake. Yeah, that's. that's why. Uh, That's why we're here. <laughs> I, I just one question to that. How many people are in this group? Um, I think uh, we're nine now. How many men are in the group? One. I will volunteer for that group. Cool. We need to make it more diverse. Happy to join. <laughs> yeah, happy to have yes. you. Sure. Okay, so... Um, The, the the question that uh, Anka would very much like to know is uh, when when did you hear about ankle fake for the first time and what did you think about it was it was it love at first sight or did you have to did it have to grow on you or is it a love at all that's very good well it's definitely love yes I can answer that one easily um, when did I heard hear about that the very first time hmm I don't think that already happened in my I don't think it happened in the job interview process. I only heard about the, the transformation of Hanyo. Mm -hmm. And I think I heard the term ankle fake at the beginning when I joined Hanyo, which was okay. at the beginning of this year in March. Um, and then, of course, the question was, wh what's behind it? Um, I think it's pretty easy to get an understanding of it, what you can, what can be meant by it, but you need to interpret it. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, actually, I got a further explanation of what we really mean with that and what's every what's all behind that. You were suggested as a contact person or someone to talk to. You mm -hmm. were suggested as someone to talk to about diversity and how it fits together with Ankofei. How do you fit the two together? 
like how without without having talked about diversity yet and you know what it means to you and what it means to Hanya but do you see a direct connection or did you have to make it yourself um i think did you have to think about it actively like how can we make diversity an ankle fake thing no i didn't really have to think about it because it's pretty obvious to me yeah. diversity also has has uh, two two sides basically um, there's the outperforming part of diversity, and there's also the, let's say, the doing good piece, <laughs> which I would consider the, the cultural aspect of it. And yeah, what's my interpretation? How does diversity fit to Enkelfake? Basically, the idea is to have diverse teams, um, meaning there are many different diversity dimensions. We all know that. It's not only about gender, but it can also be about nationalities. And diverse teams perform better. Um, there are many studies nowadays, um, and it, it's proven that diverse teams have better performance. So there's a direct link to the outperforming part of being ankle fake. And on the other hand, uh, diversity um, means that we need to have an inclusive culture. It's not only diversity, it's also about equity and inclusion. And in the end, we need an inclusive workplace, and that which means a culture where everyone feels valued and respected. There's, there's this feeling of belonging so that everyone dares to speak up. You can voice your opinion. We want to hear everyone's opinion, and that's why diverse teams perform better mm -hmm. because you, you bring many different opinions on the table. You share those opinions to have a better outcome. Okay, because you actually took away the question that I wanted to ask <laughs> you. Is, uh, no, it's fine. It's fine because I think that's really good. Um, the inclusive part of it is is the part that I've been missing in the diversity consideration because there's a saying, I, I don't remember where I've heard it, but it's diversity is counting heads and inclusive is making heads count. I don't know if you've uh, heard that before. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying with that? or what? Yeah. So the, I think the inclusive part of it is the thing uh, that's that's most key to diversity working, and uh, um, that takes us always to inclusive leadership, right? So definitely, um, and that's a question that I have for you specifically: is is inclusive leadership a learned skill? Is it something someone that doesn't know it can learn it, or is it something that you do you have to be born with the with the ability? the empathetic ability to, to be an inclusive leader? Hmm, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I think you can learn it to a certain extent, but I think it's very helpful when you're kind of born with it and have a natural talent <laughs> for that. I mean, empathy is also something, I think it's difficult to learn. You have it or you don't have it, but you can learn it to a certain extent, I think. If inclusive leadership is something that's difficult to teach to leaders, um, let's just call it difficult, it's not impossible, it's difficult, then I think that's probably something that we should really concentrate on at some point, making sure it happens, because how are you going to have true inclusion if you don't have true inclusive leadership? That's true. Yeah, you agree with that? That that idea, leaders need to be understanding the, the, the inclusive side of it and like how to implement it? Yeah, I totally agree, but I wouldn't limit it to it either. Okay. I mean, there's more to it than inclusive leadership, because... Uh, you also have to have, an, in order to have an inclusive workspace, a workplace, you actually have to be inclusive with your peers as well. Okay. So it's not only a leadership topic, but it needs, leaders need to be accountable for, yeah. for diversity. They need to ensure 
um, that they lead in an inclusive way. Yeah, that's true. How do you assure that you're inclusive? I mean, what are what are some steps that a that a a company could take to just say, look, we're we are doing our best right now with the circumstances that we have to be inclusive. Well, first off, we start with diversity itself, right? We need to yeah. ensure that we have diverse teams. Um, uh, we're already struggling with that. Um, yeah. Or we're getting there, basically. Okay. Um, that's why right now we decided... I mean, as you know, there are different diversity dimensions, right? There are seven, um, and four of them are pretty easy to measure, namely uh, nationalities, gender, uh, disability, and age. So... Um, in order to become very diverse, um, we said we need to focus on one of those di dimensions and we're starting with gender. Um, the other dimensions will definitely follow. Um, but we just use that as a vehicle to measure how diverse are we. Yeah. So, and then the next step is you might have some in inequalities um, which you need to overcome. That's the equity piece. Um, so some might have some natural natural or yeah might have disadvantages which you need to overcome and you need to ensure that you especially um, support those people or promote them um, so that they are more equal and then we finally come to the inclusive stage which is the final stage okay <laughs> um, it, it's all interlinked in the end yeah. but you need to ensure that everyone feels um, respected and valued and how do you do that um Yeah, that's that's a difficult question, I think. But um, to my understanding, it's very important to to be open-minded, um, to listen, um, to let people voice their opinions and respect them, value them, and not just you know not care about them or interrupt them or. Yeah, sometimes people are even af afraid to voice their opinion or speak up. Um, so it's also about motivating them and making them feel secure enough or safe enough um, to do so and speak up. So they, empowering them to, to speak up. Uh, I, I'd, like to, um, I'd like to get into what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So um, okay. you said uh, focus on uh, gender diversity first because if nothing has been focused on in the, in the past, I, I would assume that that's probably the the lowest hanging fruit uh, that there is. Um, is that why it was decided on or is that the most productive thing when implemented? Why we need to start with something. Yeah. <laughs> And again, um, four dimensions dimensions of diversity are easy to measure and gender is one of them. Mm -hmm. So that's um, why we picked one of those four and gender because, yeah, I think it's it's quite obvious that especially in Germany we are far behind when it comes to equality and gender parity in in companies, especially on executive level. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the where our society also plays an important role. I think, um, yeah. But uh, looking at those dimensions and female ratios and whatever else is behind there, I think it's important to understand that those can only be vehicles. We are enforcing that topic through measuring female ratios, for example. Mm -hmm. But in the end, what what needs to be the outcome is the inclusive workspace. So yeah. in the end, it's overall, it's a, it's a cultural topic. And we want to change the culture <laughs> yeah. 
in order to outperform. And that, I mean, so is there pushback from from a male-dominated uh, business world to not include women into management positions? Yeah, my impression is that uh, there's not a whole lot of pushback, actually. Mm -hmm. Of course, when we recruit um, for vacancies, um, then we look at female talents first. Yeah. So, And sometimes the recruiting process might take a little longer to have a very good um, talent who's female. <laughs> so we need to look longer. And that's one reason why there's some criticism coming up. We could be faster in our recruitment process, of yeah. course. But we say that having uh, the diverse teams, in that sense, uh, having more women on board, um, yeah, we're willing to wait, wait and take the time to okay. find... I mean, we want to find the best candidate and we will not hire a woman just because it's a woman and she's not the best candidate. So, But you will let a man go who is the best candidate to wait for someone just as qualified that's a female. I mean, that's, that would be a policy. Not not letting go, right? Yeah. I mean, in the sense that... We I mean, not passing on that person, not letting, I mean, not letting them leave the company, but just not hiring that person. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. In the end... Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a call a spade a spade. That's what it is. But uh, there's there's no way to diversity without favoring um, the the group of people who are being um, diversified into. So I mean, you that's know, true, and that's yeah. the equity piece. Okay. Of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. Right, because uh, there is the uh, I don't want to call it disadvantage, but there are not as many uh, women out there in the in the top management levels. As men, um, why is that? Why is that? I think for different reasons. Looking at the history, um, usually women used to stay at home, take care of the kids, and simply by nature, if, if they want to have children, then the women needs to, you know, either stay at home or at least spend some time with the baby. Yeah. So I guess that's why. You are looking to have the gender diversity of male female at a 50% uh, um 50-50 by when on all on all levels by 2025 that's an ambitious goal it is yeah so what are some of the things that you're doing uh, uh to prepare for that well, yeah, uh, we start with every single uh, recruiting process and ensure that we have enough female talents in the pipeline and on the short list. We're really rigorous when it mm. comes to that. Um, in addition to that, we need to do the same thing for our promotions, uh, starting with um, leadership programs or any any academy programs. We need to ensure that we have enough female colleagues yeah. participating in those programs. Um, so we, in the end, can promote them. And um, yeah, I already mentioned that we want to set up a female mentoring program. Um, we're already conducting unconscious bias trainings, which are supposed to help not only in the recruiting process, but also in your daily in your daily routine um, to overcome yeah some things. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot more we can and need to do. Um, I think we, in order to recruit and get the, the talent pipeline filled, we need to look at uh, different opportunities, find new channels of recruiting, maybe going to schools in order to start with, with young women and um, 
make sure they are interested in in professions that they not, might not feel attracted to at from the very beginning on, but uh, they need to get in touch with that. So we need to ensure that we market our job offers better. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ensure that all the women and girls out there understand that even the so-called male jobs can be appealing and attractive for them. Yeah. So we need to start with the very young people, I think. Yeah. When companies, family offices like Hanyo are making it a priority to talk about, there's two parts to this. One is the organization has to make it possible, but the other is uh, the group that is being targeted to become you know, to come into that diversity scheme has to play their part. They have to want it. They have to take it. You know, it's it's like you said. We're not just going to give it to people because they have a specific gender. We they have to be there. They have to be front and center, and they have to want it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but again, I think that's not sufficient. I mean, having women who want it, but then you also need men who do not prevent that, and who actually support women. I mean, looking at at relationships, uh, how many times um, do women stay at home? Um, the men have a career. Why is that? Why can't there be equality from the very beginning on maybe even when you have children why can't they both work part-time usually it's probably because men make more money <laughs> but again why is that yeah so if that's something we can change and then we really have equality and if you look at other com countries for example look at yeah just looking at norway we have optima in norway right they have a completely different uh Yeah, work-life balance there. Usually they they finish work at four, then they have their family free time. And if necessary, uh, they will continue to work uh, in the evening uh, when the kids are a bit. But still, even even fathers can take care of their children in the afternoon. Yeah. Why is that not possible in, in Germany or in Why some other Why is that not country? possible in Germany? Yeah. Is it not possible in Germany? Mm, right now, unfortunately, it's not. But that would really be my dream <laughs> to change that eventually. And mm. then, of course, you could you could discuss: Are we then still high performing? Can we still outperform if we finish work at four in Daniela, the afternoon? Do you want me to tell you a secret? Yes. We are horrible at performing. We are so like collectively, we perform so poorly with just a few changes. We would outperform everybody. It's not hard. <laughs> It's we are so inefficient on all levels. I mean, we're just talking about diversity here as yeah. a performance enhancer. Let's say, I think it's a performance monster. I said it yesterday or the day on Monday when I was talking to uh, um, Duarte. Is I think the combination of the two. I think the combination of really paying attention to lean and and reducing waste as it's meant with lean, uh, and then the diversity part of it, uh, having more um, understanding of the problems that are needing to be solved and actually solving them in a in a in a more diverse way, I, th I think just those two things will outperform. And you can, we talked about this today with Anka. I said, I, I really think that if you work smart, you could only work half the time and everybody would think you're, you're a magician because everything is so inefficient. Everything that I see is so inefficient. And I think it's inefficient because it's completely non-diverse, right? So I, I really think if someone actually were to say, okay, you know what? My pure interest is really creating a very, very high-performing team, high-performing company, and they follow this, 
There's no question that they can send their people home at three. They can take care of the kids. They can work at eight or nine because they know exactly what they have to do and they know exactly why they're doing it. And they feel comfortable because they just had time with their family and they're not all stressed out. It, it has to work like that and it will end like that. But I don't understand why it's not like that. Yeah, I totally agree. That's uh, the question I'm, I've been asking myself as well. And then you can continue this discussion and think of how sustainable are we? How sustainable are we with ourselves, right? That's where the Enclofay story comes into place again. Yeah, Is that really sustainable if we work, I don't know, 12 hours a day or even 10 hours? Let's, let's even say eight hours a day. And uh, have the work-life balance cha challenge with the family, kids at home? Or could we change that if we only worked six, seven hours a day, have time for our kids, as you mentioned? Um, would, we, we would probably be much more engaged, focus on our working time for this limited amount of time, and then be yeah, much more content because we managed to take care of our kids. Yeah. As well, I think um, Corona taught us something that the yeah. that the Germans weren't ready to admit to is that uh, uh, your performance isn't solely based on your body being in a certain place, right? So, True. Uh, home office, uh, um, it's not for everyone, and not everyone is set up for it. So, I think that there's you know there's going to have to be changes made if if that's going to be a lifestyle that people can uh, um, can identify with, but. Um, having flexible working times and flexible working places is something I think that's uh, it's going to be part of human dignity at some point, uh, and it and and I don't think those things will be a problem anymore. I have to say, hi to my boss. I do do things like that. Yeah, I take naps during work time, and I uh, go have lunch with my wife if I feel like it's the thing that my family needs to have so that I can be comfortable then at work. Um, sometimes I'm in the office until nine and sometimes I leave at four. Uh, and Batwatch never gets uh, any less than 60 hours of work from me a week. But it's then when I want to do it. You know, I wake up at five in the morning. I work for two hours. Why not? There's nothing stopping me. I'm productive. Exactly. I get uh, good results. I've never had a negative, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, What do you call it when your boss... Uh, performance evaluation. Performance evaluation. Appraisal. We don't do yeah. those things at Bowwatch. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, well, yeah, exactly. Not yet. But uh, I've, you know, I've never been... Every time we sit down, he's, he's happy with my results. So it has nothing to do with where I was all day long. I think that's going to change. I think it has to change. And it has to change thanks to diversity. It also has to change because... I also think the dynamic between men and women are changing. I think the dynamic in relationships are changing. My parents collectively were married, I think, 11 or 12 times, right? So I come from a very broken home, uh, and I'm super dedicated to my wife and my family, right? And I see that everywhere. If, if, if this was my mom's generation, almost everybody I know would be divorced. Some people are, <laughs> yeah, but I, I also see a lot of happy families who go through struggles, who realize, oh, we're not going to make the same mistakes that our parents did. We're not going to split up because of this dumb thing. You know, really fundamental things, people going crazy, stuff like that, that happens. But just I'm mad at you because I'm sick of my life. That doesn't that doesn't seem to break up families as much as it used to, at least from my perspective. So I'm hoping things are changing. What do you see? Do you see it like that too? Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. We really need to change things. And I hope that we can at least make some Even baby steps, uh, we cannot we cannot continue the way we've we've been doing it. And as you already mentioned, Corona has shown us um, that it's not that difficult to change things. 
it can work and yeah. i'm sure there's there's much more we can do and i'm sure we we will all be able to yeah to continue on that uh, journey together i mean ankle fake gives us all a great purpose yeah. i think uh, now we only need to make progress <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, you know, that's the that keeps coming back to that. What I like about Anko Face so much is it's you can focus on whatever is important to you. You know, yeah. um, it's uh, there's a big ecological component to it. The sustainability, as as people understand it, just like when you when you say that word, everybody almost goes immediately to the ecological side of it. But for me, these social aspects are the are the things that I'm super focused on because. I don't know. I always feel like the workplace as I've seen it the last 25 years running around in different uh, um, scenarios, it's almost like a, a torture chamber. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I've never been anywhere really where I looked at it just like in total and I thought, okay, the person running this place actually cares about people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've never seen a place where the people are actually as productive as they could be. They're either worried about looking good so they don't get reprimanded or that they can continue doing their job without getting sent home or things are left unsaid that should have been talked about or opinions aren't heard and that that eats at people's uh, motivation you know if, if totally. you just feel like I, i'm not heard and i can't help um so i for me i don't think we're going to convince any of these companies to do the right thing when it comes to sustainability in an ecological sense if the components of their companies are all at odds with each other and odds with themselves. So I think this, the, the, the parts working with the people and the companies is where I think we need to start and where I'm going to focus all my energy on to make sure that uh, we have at least some places that people are happy to be working there, you know? So I... Hope you agree and see that that's a good thing. <laughs> no, absolutely, I agree. Of course, uh, it's about it's about leadership in the end. Le leaders can influence the the atmosphere in, in in the team, right? That's very important. But it's not only up to the leaders. Let's be clear about that as well. It's it depends on your peers. Again, are they open minded enough to to listen to your opinion? Um, do they make you comfortable working with them? Um, and again, it's not about coming to an agreement in the end and sharing the one same opinion. No, it's about um, being respectful to each other, listening to each other, and then yeah, find out what what's best for for the team or for the company or whatever, whatever, and not the individual in the end. So yeah, I I totally agree uh, with you. If <laughs> if if we had more people manager who cared about the employees and. <laughs> And made sure that we have we do have inclusive workplaces, then I'm I'm pretty sure all the employees would feel much more engaged. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think um, at that point they're also going to feel empowered to start thinking of solutions how that company can become more sustainable. Because that's the next yeah, thing true. we really need the employees on board if we're going to know how a Roventa or how a Ballwatch can become more sustainable. The CEO doesn't know. The CEO does not know how he can make his company more sustainable. The guy taking the trash out or the lady taking the trash out knows those are like those are the people yeah. if they're not engaged, if they're not 
if they're not empowered to say something, they're not going to say something. And it's going to always be like pulling teeth to get information from them. So it's just my opinion. You said something peer. What do you mean with that? I mean, I know what a peer is, but are you talking about like <laughs> among peers, people of the same at the same management level or, or peers, same age group or, or, or peer? Like, what do you mean with peer? Basically all colleagues. I wouldn't limit it to anything. Yeah. Right. It doesn't, shouldn't depend on the hierarchical level you work with. It shouldn't be. A, it shouldn't depend on anything. I mean, if you're respectful to any human kind of being and simply listen to them and make give them the feeling to be seen, to be heard, to be respected, um, I think that's those are the basics. And if you take care of that, then I'm pretty sure that everyone feels comfortable enough yeah. um, to. Yeah, to voice their opinions and come up with great new ideas. But if you feel like uh, no one wants to hear that and you're just a pain <laughs> and you, you are annoying somebody because you're coming up with a creative idea, yeah, then this will not help. Yeah. So it, in the end, it's about leaders and everyone to ensure that all the colleagues and peers <laughs> um, are heard. So if... if, if if you're not in my team, everybody else is a peer among each other, and otherwise you're in a in a managerial position. Is your is your employee also your peer in in your uh, s scenario? I mean, everybody, no matter levels in the company, um, should have the same opportunity. I can come to you as the managing director of a company, but I work in the service department, and I can say, listen. I've been thinking, and that managing director shouldn't say, okay, well, we've got six levels between you and me uh, that you should be talking to. Absolutely. Okay. That's... There shouldn't be any hierarchies <laughs> when it comes to that. Uh, that's something that's got to change. Yeah, that's uh, that's something we're going to have to work on. Um, but uh, another thing you, you, um, you slipped in, uh, and I wanted to make sure that we clarify what it is and how you interpret it and what it's meant and maybe another... A word that goes along with it, but conscious bias, yeah, mm -hmm. or unconscious bias. Thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. um, the uh, what is unconscious bias, as you understand it? My understanding is that you put someone into a box without noticing it, without noticing that you did it yourself. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, there's something that goes along with it. It's called information bias. I don't know if you know that concept, but information bias is when you, when you basically, if if you're of the opinion of something, you tend to uh, um, find the information that come that confirms that opinion, yeah. and you mm -hmm. uh, and you bring that in, right? So the two things, they fit together fairly well. But an unconscious bias is is one of the the things you. I think you mentioned that you are. Um, there's a there's a course or something mm -hmm. that you're working yep. on for that I think that's actually a really good start because if leadership doesn't understand when they're doing it yeah then they don't understand how they can avoid doing it and it's it's in the name it's an unconscious thing so really it, it's difficult for people to learn I train it in myself all the time yeah um not very good at it uh, I feel like my biases are proper biases <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean it's definitely that's a hard thing to to cut through I, I'd be interested how that course goes and uh, what the what the, the the curriculum is to teach someone to to at least see it I'm assuming that noticing it is going to be the first step in the whole thing yeah you know actually we have different uh, courses about that we had a pilot on a group level um, but then we have like small videos um, in BU's um, we've had some 
yeah, some training on unconscious bias regarding um, women. And actually next week we're, we're having a training on uh, unconscious bias uh, um, for recruiters. Why is that important? Because, of course, again, we want to ensure that we get diverse talent into, into the company. Yeah. And we all know we're all biased, so we tend to hire those we're, we somehow feel attached to or we see some similarities. Yeah. And that's why it's also important to have, a, to have diverse interview partners. So if you only have male interview partners, it's very likely that they will hire a male candidate. Yeah. Just talking about the the gender issue again. So yeah, that's why we already there need to ensure that we have diverse teams and we get rid of our unconscious biases. Well, I think there's another component of that, and it's a double whammy, if you will. It's 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 a diff. Do you, do you know that saying, double whammy? It's a mm. that's my advantage as being American. I know a couple <laughs> things that the Germans don't, but uh, no, it's uh, it's 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 double hard. Let's say. Okay. Um, you have uh, not only an unconscious bias, basically, you know, you're attracted to things that are similar to you, mm-hmm. um, but that has a very much more lizard brain back to it. You're afraid of things that aren't like you, right? Sure. So um, the the those two components are really tough to break through, especially yeah. if you're dealing with a 50-year-old man. We don't like to change. I'm not quite 50 yet, but I don't want to change now, right? And then to do it in a in a in a fashion where you're saying, you know what? I know all this performance that you've been putting here is good, fine. It got you here, but that's not what you're going to be doing moving forward. You need to change everything that you've done. You need to change every way you think, and you need to start criticizing yourself on all levels. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to break through the nature of. What do you think about, um, like, is there such a thing? This is something that I'm interested in knowing. Uh a diverse management duo, like a man and a woman being sharing the the responsibility of managing director. Mm, not as far not as far as I know. We have some um, job sharing um, models there, but I think every time both are of the same gender. Because I'd I'd like to know I don't know this but I'd like to know if there's any precedence for that because I think I think that's an easy way to start right if you're gonna True. if you're gonna try and build it from the ground up it's difficult and you have a whole bunch of resistance at the top but if uh, if someone were to force feed uh, um, you know that type of a uh, management into a company I think uh, from the beginning on all of the ultimate decisions will be made in at least a, a diverse. Uh, um, with with at least the genders being diverse and decision uh, in decision making, so I don't know. I thought maybe there's 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 precedence for it, or you know if that's a thing. Mm, yeah, kind of. Not in the same model, I guess. Um, we're in talk, not talking about one role that's split or sh- that's shared, but if you look at Han- the Hanyal Investment Committee, for example, um, then we do have gender diversity there. Mm-hmm. Right, so we we always ensure that uh, we have uh, female and male um, participants in that committee, um, because exactly for this, that reasons, that's where the decisions are are taken, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, again, it's important to have the diverse team right there. And as with Lean, and as with the conversation with Dorota, I'm so convinced that diversity is a productivity hack, 
that companies yeah. can do. And and I don't mean to call it a hack to make light of it, but I mean it's not difficult to implement if you're serious about it. It's um, it takes time to find the right candidates. It takes, yeah, understanding of why you're doing it and um, dedication to make it happen. But it's not hard. Or do you really think it's a hard thing? Yeah, complying with uh, targets and having the right gender ratio, for example, I don't think that it's too hard. That's doable. The inclusion part? The inclusion part and actually changing the culture, I think that's a very difficult part. Yeah. It's doable. You need to do it, but you also need the right people on board to help you do it. Um, and it takes time. And. I'm not the most patient person, so I would like to get it done right away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's quite challenging in the end. Well, what would you like to see? I mean, what would make you, what would satisfy you in your impatience uh, um, as far as momentum is concerned? Is there is there anything that could happen or is there is there something like a bow watch could be doing that you would see and say, okay, I'm, I'm good. They're, they're, they're well underway. Actually, I think to me it's about people, right? I want to see more people with the right mindset in the sense they need to be at least open-minded. They should be passionate about diversity and about culture and sharing one culture, being respectful to each other, creating that inclusive workplace, value each other, um, about good leaders um, who know how to motivate and engage their employees so that's something I really want to see. And I think what's really important is to find the right people who are passionate about the diversity topic as such in order to to bring it forward and bring us to the next step. I think mm. that's really important right now. Okay, I, I agree. I'll add on to it once again. The passion doesn't have to come from a place of working against your own gender. Yeah, The, the passion should <laughs> yeah, come from a place of... You know, I think most of us that are in these businesses, most of us want to be productive. Most of us yep. want to be part of a successful organization and a, a harmonious, successful organization. Mm -hmm. So diversity is the way there, as far as I'm concerned. And that's why I am passionate about it. I'm not anti-man at all. Okay, well, we're coming to the end. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap all this up? I think what's important to me is that we ensure that diversity does not only mean outperforming. In the end, yes, that's what we all want to do, but how do we get there? It's not simply about having diverse teams and measuring how diverse are we in the sense, I don't know, we have gender parity and we have many different nationalities whatsoever. I think the most important piece to me is the cultural change that's needed. You know, if we create the right culture and the inclusive work place then this will definitely help us to outperform yeah it was really good um having you here and uh i enjoyed talking to you today i hope uh it wasn't only informative for me but i hope you got a chance to say the things you've been dying to say for a while definitely thank you very much for the opportunity scott it was a pleasure being here thank you for listening in the next episode, we will be talking to Axel Berger, Digital and Sustainability Lead at the Haniel Howe Team. He explains to us the various aspects of sustainability and why its implementation in the portfolio companies is not a contradiction to economic success, but rather a pillar. <music>